Right, gang, we are back with another Q&A roulette. Fred, our resident YouTube... Let's not say guru. You'll get a big head about that, but... YouTube person who knows stuff about YouTube and Phoebe, our resident professional YouTube creator extraordinaire. Welcome, team. Thanks for having us again. Oh, look, it is my show, so welcome. Um... We are at Creator Generation here. Uh, my name's Ant. There you go. We're going to spin up the Q&A roulette wheel. If you don't know what that means, we've got a bunch of questions from YouTube creators and creators from all over the world who we get to hang out with. And I've got them on there. I spin it and I make Phoebe and Fred answer them and sometimes I <laughs> pipe in. So let's spin it up. All right. First question. Who wants it? Are tags important anymore? Fred really wants to answer this one. <laughs> oh, yeah. Let's get nerdy. <laughs> uh, no, well, not, not really. No, I'd say people <laughs> put a, I guess it's one of those things that's pretty visual that so people think is probably more important than it is. Mm. Um, but I, even YouTube admit tags are, are sort of a bit more of a relic of an older YouTube where the system needed more information to understand what your videos were about. Mm-hmm. Um, so it looked at that data more. Now it doesn't look at it as much. It's not as important. I think Todd um, at the head of the algorithm team said, you know, when it comes to optimization, spend like 99% of your time on thumbnails and titles, um, half a percent description and like half a percent on everything else. And that sort of highlights how important things like the tags are. That said, keywords in titles are still important. I still have that there. One caveat to that is that the, the tag system is like, you know, YouTube is a very big, big system and there are lots of, um, bits that feed into it. So, for example, tags might still be useful for the ad system, right? So if the ad uh, system is looking at different YouTube videos and trying to figure out, well, what ads would I put in front of them? Maybe it's looking for elements like tags that are to help understand what video would suit an ad. So that could be useful for your, your ad and monetization strategy around that too. So I'd still have them there as best practice, but I wouldn't depend on them to change the, you know, the the, the popularity of your video really. Yeah, right. Do you think about them, Phoebe? Never. <laughs> no, I do think about them. Um, I do think about them, but I spend a lot more time thinking about keywords in titles and what I'm going to put word-wise on the front of the thumbnail and the first few words I'm going to say in the opening of the video. That's really where the energy goes for me. And then the tags just, yeah, just do them and put it up and see what happens. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go off script on the wheel here. And oh, I think no. I do this for every... But <laughs> are, are keywords important for titles? Let's, if we're talking yeah. tags, let's yeah. talk keywords. <laughs> Extremely <Yeah>. important. <laughs> that's, um, yeah, that's definitely something that I'm thinking about before I go on any trip. I am cyber-stalking YouTube. I'm looking at what videos are performing well, not just what's showing up in the search, um, but which videos are getting the most views in the search and why? What is in that title? What is on their thumbnail? What did they do right? And I want to make sure that my video is showing up in the search, my video is performing that well. So, yeah, I, I focus a lot on, on keywords, making sure those titles are tight. Fred, why are, why are they why are keywords? Yeah, I mean, they're still important, I guess, algorithmically. They're still looking for certain connectors with the videos. Um, but in a human sense, like if people are searching for something and they see a keyword that they're after in yeah. a title, they'll expect that to represent part of what's the part of what the video is about. So it's mm-hmm. still you know hugely important. Super. All right. Take note. <laughs> Keywords are important. Don't worry about tags. As Boom. Much. As, as much. 
Yeah. <laughs> right. Let's spin the wheel. I like to simplify these things. All right. Uh, oh, okay. <laughs> How do you deal with dislikes? I just mm. don't care. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone answer. dislikes everything. I dislike squash. Squash doesn't care if I dislike it. Who cares if someone dislikes your video? It really doesn't mean anything. Wait. You don't, you the vegetable like or the game? The vegetable or, yeah, the sport? Mm, both. <laughs> <laughs> In any of its forms. <laughs> so, do you just walk around with a thumbs down sticker and just slap it onto the squash? Every time you see, yeah, you're in the supermarket. You're like, oh, that squash there. I'm gonna I put heckle there. it. Walk past the athletic center. Nope, nope. Don't like squash. Nope, squash there too. Nope. I heckle it in real life. Like people heckle us on the internet. I'm like, you suck, squash. Go home. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, let it know. Um, but yeah, who cares about the flags? They don't. <laughs> Just who cares? <laughs> is there? Are you, did you use that as an example, or do you actually have like a deep-seated like dislike for squash? Uh, and I actually don't know which one you're talking about now. Yeah. Okay. Um, let's dig into it. <laughs> squash the vegetable. Hate it. Really don't like it. And it's it's deep-seated. It is. Um, my grandmother, when I was a kid, she used to force me to eat squash, and it was boiled to within an inch of its life, <sighs> and she would slop it on the plate. And it was one of those people that would be like, you're not leaving until you eat everything on your plate. So I was force-fed squash for years and now I see it and I just, oh, I just can't. So, yeah, I dislike squash. That's fair. <laughs> I think that's right? very fair. Yeah. yeah. Was there a question um, we were answering? I can't remember. <laughs> yeah. How do you deal with dislikes? Oh, Phoebe, dislike. was, <laughs> Phoebe, Phoebe just went, I hate squash. Um but that's kind of, I guess that it, it's a good answer for like, that's how important yeah, I guess or at least unimportant you know. dislikes are that we can the yeah. answer it by talking about squash instead. Like that's well, how look, much attention you should pay to it. Dislikes, I mean, like they've stopped, you know, showing them, I guess, mm. publicly, but they still show the credit of what the dislikes are. And I think there is some importance in that because one is you can, you can still determine a like-dislike ratio, which is somewhat useful. Um, but, you know, Dislikes can be a good barometer of like certain elements. The, the problem is trying to figure out why someone yes. disliked a video. Yes. For example, if I was doing a news channel, right? And just suppose I had a segment on squash. People may have hit dislike because they don't like squash, right? So they hit dislike. It's not like they didn't like all my content. They just particularly didn't like a story, a story I had. Yeah. Um, whereas, you know, a dislike could be because they didn't like the whole video. So it's, it's the idea is trying to determine if you do have dislikes, what are they specifically disliking? Yeah. That's why I like looking for patterns. Have I done a video like that in the past? Yeah. Has it come up before? Has that generated more dislikes then as well? Mm. Then you can start to understand what what's actually going on. Yeah. Um, you know, and often, yeah, it's about trying to uh, determine what the audience actually dislikes about the video. Um, yeah. I like to look at the, the comments as well and see if that's sort of backed up there. Often they'll say, if, you know, if it's irritating people, what they disliked about a video. Um, and that can be very useful to figure out, well, okay, yeah, people didn't like this for a particular reason. But... You know, I actually think that that's from a creator's point of view, but from a, a viewer's point of view, when you actually dislike something, it's kind of useful because you're telling YouTube, I'm not particularly, I don't like this very much. Um, and it's got to figure out for itself why you didn't like it. And then it will decide whether it wants to feed you more videos like that or not. Um, but, you know, often people don't, not, it's weird to think about, but not that many people will actively hit like and dislike for a lot of the mm -hmm. videos they watch. They'll just watch them and move on. So that marker is sometimes not there for YouTube to figure it out. So if you really like something, hit the like button. If you really dislike mm. it, hit the dislike button so that mm. YouTube does better understand what you dislike and like. I can't remember the last time I hit like yeah. on a on a YouTube video that I watched and I, don't I, think I've ever I really liked. 
<laughs> I watched like, a Create a Generation video and I thought it was really good and I hit the like button on that. Yeah, right. Yep. I think it's like, – and I think YouTube knows this, right? So they're like more, more looking at like if someone watches a video the whole way through, yeah. if they share it, things like that. Yeah. Like yeah. There's more value there because if you think of a human behavior – yeah. Like if you really like something, you watch the whole thing. You might watch it again. Mm. If you really like something, you're going to share it. Or if it's influence, like you think you can like, you know, share your opinion or, mm. you know, with it, you'll share it. So, yeah, I mean, mm. I like Phoebe's response. She just <laughs> thinks of it as squash. It's a squash button. <laughs> <laughs> the squash button. I like it. Yeah. Um, all right, let's spin up another one. Rock and roll. Here it comes. What's the difference between YouTube membership and Patreon? Well, one one is on YouTube and it's a YouTube function and one is external to YouTube. Um, basically, yeah. Well, I mean, they're both effectively membership-ish like functions. They'll let um, people pay a little bit of money or do something that lets you be a little bit closer to the creator and get some benefit as a result, whether that's, you know, gated content or early content or some other benefit the creator is offering you. Um, you pay them a little bit of money and um, on a regular basis and you, yeah, you, you get access to that. In terms of which one is better, um, that's a different question, right? So, well, What's the difference? Um, I don't know. Better, you can, you can get better if you want. Yeah. Well, well, the difference, like I said, one is external ones, uh, internal with any external element to YouTube. So, you know, YouTube has a bunch of internal monetization elements, you know, uh, the ad system, membership, um, you know, super chess, that kind of thing. It's always easier for someone to transact using them because they're on the system. They don't have to leave. It's all inbuilt. It's very easy for the viewer. When you have to make them go externally, it's an element of what we call friction. When you have friction, it just means people will drop off naturally because people are, you know, lazy. They don't want to go off and do things. Mm-hmm. So getting them to go somewhere else is um, sometimes problematic. And that's what Patreon is, is an external membership system. Mm-hmm. They have to go somewhere else in order to do, to seek that benefit. And, you know, you might have some drop-offs. That said, thing platforms like Patreon, because they're external and not part of that YouTube network, they do offer a lot of flexibility because they, they're designed just to do that job, right? They're designed to offer all those awesome benefits and make it a really great, uh, really great experience for the, the viewer on their platform. So they've got a ton of benefits. And we had a, you know, a really good chat with Dylan uh, Harari from Patreon um, mm. on the podcast way back, and he talked about this yeah, as well. Yeah, that was good. Um, so that can be really positive because you can give mm. them so, the, the experience so much better, but they do have to leave the platform, YouTube, in order to get to Patreon, whereas with mm. membership, it's, it's in, uh, built in but has less features. Phoebe, have you got a membership or Patreon for you got, for your channel? No, I don't. It is something I'm thinking about, though. After that chat with Dylan, I, I didn't think Patreon was for me. I was like, mm, I don't know. I got a lot on my plate as it is. but And I also didn't understand how my content could translate to it. But having Dylan, I think he really sold me on it. I don't know. He just that, – that was a really good episode. He really kind of opened my eyes to how it could work for me and how much of a benefit it could be to people who love my platform. So – yeah, it's definitely something I'm thinking about. Yeah, <laughs> right. we'll definitely have to link that episode. Yeah, um, listen because it's so good and it's a, it's one of ours, so yeah. it's uh, definitely worthy of Give it. it a lot. What about are you are either of you guys members or patreons of any creators? Disney Plus, uh... <laughs> <laughs> Netflix. <laughs> um, I, uh, no, I don't think I am anymore. No. no, but you were. 
I'm not. I think I think I was of a creator, but then I started helping them out with some stuff, and they just gave me the stuff anyway. So I oh, didn't no. have to be a part of it anymore. Also, <laughs> you were in it just for the the benefits. Well, I was in it because I really liked the creator, but I was happy to help them out. And then they're like, "Don't worry about it. Well, you're giving me so much value. Aww, I'll give you some of the so other stuff sweet. anyway." So I didn't have to be a patron. Patron. Yeah, but no, I don't think I am anymore. Um, Neither am I. Creators convince me. Why should we be members or patreons of you? I'm, I'm curious. I want the. I want the. I want the pitch. Like, what value are you bringing to your audience? I'm. I'm super curious. Yeah. Um, I, I've given that. Uh, lot, like in super chats and stuff like that. I've, I've donated a fair bit that way. I'm not a patron, but I have. I have donated to creators before. Okay, let's talk super chats. I'm going off script on the on the wheel mm. again. Oh, no. What's the motivation on, on that? Are you Is it to support your favourite creator? Is it to get your comment highlighted so it can be answered in a Yeah, so Q&A? There's, there's a couple of cool ones, like a, a use cases for it. One is, yeah, I just like the creator and, I, you know, you throw them a few dollars because they're, they're awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was that was fun. But also, like, you know, I've been playing a bit of fantasy football um, lately and there are some experts who do commentary on it and they have, like, they do these... M- massive like three four hour live sessions and mm-hmm. it's, it's it's such a good strategy because basically for four hours they do all these draft um fantasy league stuff and they just go through and they'll talk about who's doing well and then people will ask questions and when they put it as a, as a super chat and put some money behind it, the person will answer that question so if you have a, right. a question for that week like oh who should i get rid of on my team who should mm-hmm. i you know pick up off the waiver uh waiver wire um, and you're not sure, you can basically ask that and pay the guy like five or ten bucks, and he'll say, here's my tip based on all my knowledge, and you're like, oh, great, and then you apply it to your league. So it's really cool, so you, you pay them for that, and it's a nice way to so get ahead in your league and you not spend too much money. Yeah, right. Um, so there's some pretty smart models around it. Hmm, interesting. Okay. I have no idea what's going on with the whole uh, <laughs> fantasy league stuff, but I understood the... <laughs> Can the, I the context around Super Can Chat. I add something to Fantasy Please. League? This is just something yeah. I'm really proud of, so I'm going to put it on a podcast forever. Um, yes. So Matt is really or was really into fantasy football. He realized it was an addiction and he had to get away from it. But so he was like at the start of the NRL one. One year, him and all his mates, and they were starting the league. And our my place where I worked at the time, guys from there got involved in it. And I was like, oh, I'd like to have a go. And Matt was like, well, there's one spot left. I mean, you can have it, but you're not going to beat me. No one beats me. And I was like, <laughs> that's all I need. That's the motivation I need. So I committed an entire year of my life to fantasy football. Not only did I beat every single man in the league, including Matt, and claim victory, the Cuddle Muffins won. Um, I also got the highest score in the country in Australia one round and won $500 cash. Holy moly. Well done. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. Wow. (laughs) You taught the boys not to mess with me. (laughs) Yeah. yeah, For for the the viewers, listeners, she's talking about uh, NRL, which is Australian. Yeah. that's interesting, yeah. And yeah. I was doing the NFL, which is the American one, which is which is also interesting. So so, cool. Very well. So what, that's incredible. What I got out of this is <laughs> that's that's an incredible if, story. It's a big feat, right? It's great. Yeah. Being the biggest that's 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 something. And there are like yeah. tens of thousands of players yeah. playing. It's a big deal. But, um, I won the cash, and then obviously, as you know, if you're into um, NRL Supercoach and fantasy football, there's all blogs about it, podcasts, whatever. They were talking about the cuddle muffins. My team, on this thing, going, <laughs> who is the cuddle muffins? 
why did the cuddle muffins win? One guy was whinging on the blogs going, I got beaten by the cuddle I'm so, muffins. I'm so impressed by that team name. I'm going to change my team name. Do right it. Oh, my God. Yeah. Cuddle muffins, they're back. Cuddle they're even on. That's such a good name. <laughs> Be careful, Phoebe. I'd, I'd want to find out how Fred's going in his fantasy league before you uh, hand over the cuddle muffins <laughs> championship <laughs> name. Is, is name. He, are they up to the task? Not the best in the world, but, you know, I'm not doing badly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let me know if you need some pointers. <laughs> we also know how to motivate Phoebe. Just tell her she can't do it, oh, it and really, she's not going to be good enough. It and <laughs> look out! I realised <laughs> it was just stock trading, <laughs> and once I yeah. realised it wasn't actually about the sport, it was about stock trading. I was like, "This, I can do this. This is easy." <sighs> Fascinating, Phoebe. <laughs> I love how we go on tangents, and I love I love that I didn't take the take us down this tangent. I don't think. <laughs> Anyway, I'll pull us back on track. What a rarity. Uh, let's spin this wheel. All right. I think this is, this is the last one. But uh, how many social media platforms is too many? Oh and I'm thinking God. that's for a creator rather than a... That's such a good question. Um, that's mm. something I've been thinking a lot about at the moment. I, um, I went on this trip not too long ago <laughs> and it was a media trip. So everybody on there was like me, content creators, you know, we're paid to be there. We're doing the thing, whatever. And I realized that at pretty much every moment we were all on our phones and not me as much as the others, but everybody was on their phones all the time, capturing content, whatever. And we were in this amazing place, having this amazing experience. And I was like, none of us are even present for it. You know, it's not just about content when you're a content creator. It is your life day to day. And it's a balance, I think, that has gotten out of whack. So I've tried to kind of scale back a little bit and focus on, focus on quality over quantity because otherwise you show up somewhere and you've got, you know, your vlogging camera out and you're filming that. Then you've got your phone out and you're taking all different kinds of videos for all different platforms. And then you've got to have a whole photo shoot and then it's time to leave and you didn't even enjoy it. And all you did was smash the Connie. So my advice to people and something I'm trying to do is just focus on ways that you can create content that you can use on multiple platforms. You know, so short form videos are making those. I edit them in InShot and then I have one video I can use on three different platforms. Super easy. I did the work once and um, yeah, just, just scale it back team. It is your life, not just a content shoot. That's my soapbox at the moment. <laughs> oh, that's good. Uh, yeah. It's a, <laughs> It's a tough question, right? Like, yeah. Um, there's so many opportunities for creators these days. So, yeah. Fred, you got thoughts on this one? Like how many uh, platforms are too many or how many are, are the well, right I wasn't now? really listening because I was changing <gasps> my team to the Cuddle Muffins. Yes. Uh, yes. Winnie the Pooh is my mascot. So there you go. <laughs> there Watch you people go. quake in fear at the Cuddle Muffins. <laughs> yeah, the Cuddle Muffins. There you go. Um, how many platforms is too many? <laughs> well, yeah, it really comes down to how many you can manage in, in a in an efficient yeah. way, right? So obviously you want to have your main platform. That would be where you dedicate the most time and effort mm-hmm. and then the other ones sort of support that, right? And you only do as much as you can actually manage that actually adds value to what you're doing in the first place. If you're building an audience, if you're growing, if you're connecting with more people, fantastic. And if you can manage all that and you're not running yourself too thin, that's great. Mm-hmm. Um, I would always have a primary platform and then some supporting platforms around that, but only to the extent in which you can do them in a manageable way. That's yes. my quick take yes. on it. And manageable in mm. terms of your life as well. Please don't mm. forget you have a life. <laughs> yes. Don't spend the whole thing just shooting content. <laughs> live it. Live it. Yeah. Live it. Max. Love it. Or, or as my four-year-old says, live your best life. She keeps telling me that. Live your best life. Yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. so Amazing. cute. Yeah. I know. Well, that's a great place to leave it off, live, I reckon. Live, love, right. squash. That's what I always say. <laughs> <laughs> Discuss so many good things. Cuddle muffins, squash. 
living your best living life. your best life. What's <laughs> yeah, happening here today? Some other random tangents about fantasy something. Yeah, I've, I legitimately can't remember any of the questions we've been we've actually answered properly today. So anyway, I'm sure. Hope we've given some value there somewhere. <laughs> well, look, hopefully everyone has been a little bit more present listening than Fred has. Um, yeah. <laughs> yep. Slacking off. Uh, I'm not slacking off. I'm just changing my name to the Cuddle Muffins. That's allowed. Yeah. <laughs> uh, All right, Cuddle Muffins. <laughs> It's been fun hanging out on this podcast. I'll um, catch you next time. I'm going to go find some squash recipes for you, Phoebe, and change change your life. I'm not going to play any fantasy football. I'm going to go outside and live my best life. What a guy. (laughs) See you, team. See ya. Bye. We created generation. We're on the mic.